0: There is a substance that makes up 98% of the observable matter in the universe, yet you'll almost never encounter it in its native form. It's inside your body right now, and life wouldn't be possible without it. Yet, it's an extremely dangerous substance that could kill you if you handled it improperly. I am, of course, talking about hydrogen. Learn more about hydrogen, the lightest and most fundamental of all the elements, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill bottled in bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. I've done several episodes on particular elements. All of them so far have been pretty high up on the periodic table gold, uranium, and plutonium. In this episode, I'm going to be going all the way down the periodic table to the simplest element there is the element with the atomic number of one, hydrogen. Hydrogen isn't just the first element on the periodic table, it was literally the first element. Based on our current understanding of the Big Bang, about 13.7 billion years ago, the universe was a soup of subatomic particles. Eventually, as the universe cooled, these particles coalesced into protons, neutrons, and electrons, and those elementary particles then combined to create atoms. The simplest possible atom is hydrogen. There's one proton and one electron. 99.98% of all hydrogen is this simple type without a neutron called protium. If there's one neutron, it's called deuterium, and if there are two neutrons, it's called tritium. Hydrogen is the vast majority of everything we can see in the universe. of all baryonic matter, that is, the stuff that we are familiar with, not dark matter, is hydrogen. This includes pretty much all the stars, all of the interstellar gas clouds, and all of the miscellaneous gas floating around in interstellar space. If you get enough hydrogen in one spot, it can start to pull itself together via gravity and it will create a star. As the mass of the hydrogen begins to compress all the hydrogen together, eventually the pressure can become so great that the hydrogen atoms will fuse together. Because hydrogen is the lightest element, it is the easiest element to fuse. The heavier the element, the more energy is required to fuse them together. Stellar formation is a topic of its own and one that I'll cover in its own episode, because I could easily spend the rest of this episode talking about the formation and evolution of stars. I will just note one seeming paradox about stars. The larger they are, the faster they die. The more mass they have, the greater the gravity, the higher the pressure, and the faster the rate of fusion. Here on Earth, there is plenty of hydrogen, but most of us never experience it in its native gaseous form. Most hydrogen gas tends to bind with itself to form H2, or a hydrogen molecule. The amount of hydrogen in our atmosphere is really minuscule. Only 0.0005% of the air you breathe is hydrogen. And The reason why there is so little is simply that hydrogen is so light. If you release some hydrogen, it'll immediately begin to float up because it's so much lighter than everything else. Hydrogen is so light that it can actually escape the Earth and go into space. I've mentioned several times in previous episodes that the atmosphere simply doesn't end. It simply becomes more and more diffuse the further up you go. Even at an altitude where the International Space Station is in orbit, there are still enough molecules that, if steps weren't taken, the space station would fall out of orbit in about five years. Most of the gas that it's colliding with is hydrogen. The hydrogen on Earth is mostly bound up in other molecules, primarily water. Where hydrogen is found in other molecules outside of Earth, it's usually in the form of water, H2O, methane, CH4, or ammonia, NH3. Much of the hydrogen which is found on Earth is just shifted from one form to another via chemical processes, and that's why it never becomes a hydrogen gas. Despite being the most common element in the entire universe, Humans really weren't aware of hydrogen until relatively late. The first person who identified the gas, which we would know as hydrogen, was the British scientist Robert Boyle in 1671. He found a gas that was produced with iron filings that were mixed in acids. The person who identified hydrogen as its own unique gas was Henry Cavendish in 1766. He called it inflammable air. He believed he had discovered the mythical invisible substance known as phlogiston, which supposedly made combustible substances burn. He was also the person who discovered that the residue from burning hydrogen was water. The name hydrogen was coined by the French chemist Antoine Lavoisier in 1788. The word comes from the Greek words hydro and gens, which just means coming from water. One of the very first things discovered about hydrogen was its ability to be produced from water with electricity. In 1800, Alessandro Volta, the inventor of the electric battery, found that he could create oxygen and hydrogen by passing electrical current through water. After the initial discovery of hydrogen, there weren't a lot of use cases for it right away. The first and most obvious use case was taking advantage of its light weight and buoyancy. The first hydrogen balloon was launched on August 27, 1783 in Paris by Jacques Charles. The hydrogen was created via chemical reactions of iron acid and was captured in a silk bag covered in natural rubber mixed with turpentine. The first hydrogen airship was built in 1852, which was actually the first regular method of air travel. If you remember back to my episode on the Zeppelin, the Zeppelin Corporation used hydrogen as its lifting gas for a couple of decades, flying hundreds of thousands of miles with thousands of passengers without incident. That was, of course, until there was an incident, that being the Hindenburg explosion. Since then, hydrogen has never been used as a lifting gas, and in many countries like the United States, it's actually illegal. However, there are companies that are reconsidering the use of hydrogen as a lifting gas, and it isn't as crazy as it sounds. Technology has come a long way since the Hindenburg disaster, and hydrogen is better as a lifting gas than helium, and it's much, much cheaper. Chemically and industrially, probably the biggest use of hydrogen is in the process known as hydrogenation, which simply means adding hydrogen to something. Perhaps the best-known example would be the Haber-Bosch process, which adds hydrogen to nitrogen molecules to create ammonia, which is used in fertilizers. I talked about this on my episode of Fritz Haber, and how he was one of the best and worst chemists in history. Hydrogenation is also used in the process of making hydrocarbons. If you add hydrogen to carbon dioxide, for example, you can make methanol. Likewise, margarine is created by hydrogenating unsaturated fats and seed oils. Perhaps the biggest discussion of hydrogen recently has been around its use for energy. There's been talk of creating a hydrogen economy and creating cars and airplanes which run on hydrogen as its fuel. Technically speaking, hydrogen really isn't an energy source per se. You can't mine or drill for hydrogen as you would for coal or petroleum. Hydrogen is easy to produce, but you need energy to produce it. So to that extent, hydrogen is more of a means of storing energy like a battery. Unlike a battery, however, you don't need heavy metals and rare earth elements to store energy. It's a fuel that can be transported. One of the nice things about hydrogen is that to create electricity, you don't have to burn it like you would a hydrocarbon. You can burn hydrogen to turn a turbine if you wanted to, but with hydrogen, there is a much more efficient method to create electricity, a fuel cell. Conceptually, a fuel cell does the reverse of electrolysis. It combines hydrogen and oxygen to produce electricity directly. Fuel cells were actually used on the Apollo missions to produce electricity. In space, you have to bring both hydrogen and oxygen. On Earth, however, you don't need to bother with the oxygen because it's in the atmosphere. Fuel cells can be scaled up quite large. The largest fuel cell plant in the world is in South Korea. It can create 78 megawatts of power for a quarter million people. However, much of the talk of creating a hydrogen-based economy has been scaled back a little bit. The problem has to do with the engineering problems associated with handling hydrogen. Hydrogen has more energy density per unit mass than hydrocarbons, but not as much energy density per unit volume. For something like a rocket, mass is really what matters. However, for something like an airplane, you'd need a massive fuel tank, even if the fuel weighed the same as jet fuel. One group of engineers tried to design a passenger jet that ran on hydrogen. They estimated it would require a tank which took up about half the fuselage. The problem is also how you handle hydrogen. A liquid like gasoline is relatively easy to handle compared to a gas like hydrogen. Compressed gases are difficult to manage, let alone an explosive compressed gas like hydrogen. Liquid hydrogen is another thing altogether. If you remember back to my episode on Absolute Zero, liquid hydrogen is near Absolute Zero, and it is very difficult to handle. If you're dealing with hydrogen in a static environment, like a fuel cell for a building, it's much easier and safer than trying to handle it in a moving vehicle. Perhaps the biggest potential of hydrogen in the future is using it as a fuel in a fusion reactor, replicating the process that goes on inside a star. But I've also done an entire episode on that as well. If you want to make your own hydrogen, it's actually really easy to do. Just connect some wires to a battery and put them in water. Hydrogen will come off one of the ends. The other way, and the much more fun way, is to just dump vinegar onto baking soda. The gas that comes out of the chemical reaction is pure hydrogen gas. In addition to producing hydrogen, it's a great way to clean a stovetop. And I know that from first-hand experience. So even though it's all around us, we really don't experience hydrogen directly in our daily lives. However, if some engineering challenges can be overcome, it might very well be that the most common substance in the universe is something that we will one day be using on a regular basis. Everything Everywhere Daily is an airwave media podcast. The associate producers are Thor Thompson and Peter Bennett. Today's review comes from listener Mr. Enriquez on Apple Podcasts in Great Britain. He writes, find out more. On January 8th, 2022, I listened to a podcast episode regarding the Ark of the Covenant. I quickly found out that here was a podcast that could teach me about everything everywhere, daily. It was then I decided to listen from the very beginning. The length of each episode is ideal to listen to whether you're driving around in deliveries, gardening in your allotment plot, or just relaxing at the end of the day. At the time of recording this review, I still have a month's worth of episodes to listen to. So join me and learn more about everything everywhere daily. Well, thank you, Mr. Enriquez. I'm pleased when people tell me that they've gone through the entire back catalog of episodes. I have so many of them at this point that I should create some sort of informal club for everyone who has listened to every episode. That's about a 100 hours worth of content at this point. Remember, if you leave me a review or send me a boostagram, you too can have it read on the show.